Episode of the Film Box Podcast. Uh, have you ever wanted to listen to a couple guys in their 20s go in depth on your favorite movie spanning back from before they were born all the way to the modern day? And do you want to know once and for all which movie in a given genre going back the last 40 plus years reigns supreme? On this podcast, we review films from each decade within a certain genre and then compare them in a bracket style challenge to see which film comes out on top and is declared champion. I'm your host, Aaron Susan, and I'm joined by a couple dudes who definitely would not get cheated on at a high school party. Uh, it's Connor Jameson and Sam Majewski. Hello. That's a bold assumption. <laughs> it's true, but... Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, well, I had to come up with something on the spot. <laughs> and that's that's what I came up with. Uh, um, two thumbs down. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> two thumbs down. Two thumbs down. Yeah, okay. Um, how are you guys doing? It's been... Uh, it's been a bit. It's been a week since we've had the full crew back together for recording. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back. Yeah, we sa- <laughs> we saved you uh, from yeah a nightmare. I was literally. gonna say. I guess. Oh, I guess that wink. was. <laughs> I guess that was the uh, one to miss. So um. <laughs> yeah. Um. So if you were paying attention last week, we said that we were doing Halloween 2018 for this week's episode. And so mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. It's Halloween 2018. Yep. We're originally going to do Halloween Ends, and then I wanted to kill myself if I watched that movie again. So we're not doing it. That will that will have its own time. Yeah. But no, we're on. We we've hit our original slashers. We've hit our savior slasher. We've hit our remake, and we're wrapping it up with our legacy sequels. The requel, if you will. Oh yeah, baby. So, horror, the horror genre has kind of lacked, and I wouldn't say lacked, but they were pretty, they weren't the first to think of the idea of a legacy sequel. The first one was uh, back in 2008, Indiana Jones and the the Crystal oh, Skull. Oh, God, don't even remind me. Okay, that, that what movie wasn't train. that bad, all right? It was Awful. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> Aaron's just a hater. But I am a hater. The originals are better. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, but... <laughs> yeah, we didn't start to see it come into the horror genre until Scream 4. Even that, I feel like Scream has always just been like a continual thing. So it's not even... I won't even say it's like a legacy sequel, requel. But you have mm-hmm. like... Uh, Prey was a prequel, but you know it was a prequel to Predator, which had come out way before. Uh, you had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was terrible. 
<laughs> and then you also had the well, the Texas Chainsaw Ma- or Texas Chainsaw 3D in 2013, which was also pretty bad. Oh god. Just lots of bad. Lots of bad. Yeah, there there were some good right here in Halloween 2018, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, this is about like if well, I mean Friday the 13th. That was uh, that was a remake though. It was a remake. Not to nitpick, but fair. I am going to nitpick. Yeah, fair. (sighs) Yeah, this is this is Connor's uh, territory. (laughs) He's definitely going to (laughs) nitpick. Yeah. Yeah. Once we leave October and Halloween, I am just not going to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait. Just wait till we start talk about Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just I just happen to be out that day. (laughs) <laughs> you know what it is funny though i have started reading a bit more you know what book i just saw lying next to me the hobbit oh, oh good book yeah I, I read one page and closed it <laughs> oh bad choice <laughs> <laughs> no i'll give it a shot i actually have all those books in my uh in my bookcase right over in my bedroom actually i i have I can't, I can't make out the title, but I do have one of the Lord of the Rings books. Nice. Still not going to touch it. <sighs> All right. Well, are we ready to get into uh, some notes about this film? Yeah. 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 Unenthusiastically. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's go. This is like the best movie that we've reviewed so far this month or one of. You know? Yeah. Um, all right. So this movie, Halloween 2018, was released. October 19th, 2019. No, it's <laughs> October 19th, 2018. Um, with a runtime of one hour and 46 minutes. Uh, directed by David Gordon Green, who also did Pineapple Express and the other Halloween movies. Uh, those were like his best stuff that I could find. Uh, produced by Malek Akkad, who is the son of Mustafa Akkad, who is the legendary producer of the OG Halloween franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, after Mustafa uh, passed away, Malek took over uh, from starting from Halloween Resurrection to and did all the Halloweens up until this point, which I think is pretty cool. You know, good for him. Yeah, I like Keep that. His father's legacy. I like it's a family thing because he was the yeah. the grandfather of the Halloween movies. Yeah, I mean, he's the one that helped get the first one made. So exactly. we have him to thank. Uh, also produced by Jason Blum of Blumhouse, which has done basically every uh, modern horror movie that isn't done by A24. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also produced by Bill Block, who has a wide range of films, including Bad Moms and Dirty Grandpa, and also Fury District 9 and Elysium. So he's got a bit of a range of, of, of films that he's produced. Man of many talents. Yeah. Uh, written by Jeff Fradley, who has literally written no other movies. Um, Danny McBride, who is a very prominent voice actor. Doesn't have a ton of good writing credits, but I mean, he was in Mitchell's vs. Machines, Kung Fu Panda 2, Alien Covenant. Like, he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, and then also written by David Gordon Green, the director. Um, mm-hmm. I have a feeling could because Jeff Fradley did not write any of the other sequels that they really needed him for those. And he's probably the reason why this was so good. <laughs> That's my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. You're just going to keep taking dicks at all these other movies. Yes, I am. 
Well, look, I mean, they got rid of the guy, and then the immediately the two sequels that they did without him were worse than the one they did with him. So, it all depends. Nothing on who else you changed. Ask. <laughs> yeah. Um, with a budget of ten million dollars, which is crazy low for a film like this, it felt like it should have been way higher. Yeah, ten um, ten mil should have just been for Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, literally. Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake, had a $35 million budget. And that movie was 20 times worse than this one. Um, opening weekend, this this movie grossed 76.2 mil and had a worldwide gross of 255.6 million. So definitely a, a box office success. I think, I think I've told this story about we saw this opening night. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun times. Whole theater to ourselves. Yeah, no, it was uh it was a lot of fun. It was like my first real horror movie that I'd seen and I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh yeah, we were we were also picking on you too. Uh, anytime yeah. someone would get up, they'd just stand behind you. Yeah. That's ba- fine. Baby's first horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've done the production notes, Sam, do you want to bring us through some of the the reviews and trivia and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, what do you want to start with? Whatever you want. Let's start with the Rotten Tomatoes. All right, sounds good. Uh, <laughs> right. like, uh, whatever you want. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so Rotten Tomatoes. Um, this The critics decided to give this movie a 79% um, with an audience score of 71%. So pretty even there. Um, I would say. Um, there's a couple reviews. There's this really good review. I got a couple. I got one bad one, one good one. Let's see. Let's start with the good. Or do you want to start with the bad? Let's start with. Go ahead. Do start with whatever you want. Awesome. All right. So this is from Rick Marshall, and this says this Halloween tells a new story within the framework of everything memorable about the original fil- film. And in the end, that's what any good sequel should strive to do. And I picked this one because I agree with this statement. Um, Mm -hmm. So, kind of original stuff, but also some flashbacks, some like callbacks to the originals. Um, I think the best way to describe it is it's like a back to basics movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I have another review um, from Gary Walcott. And this um, review states, Such a burned out franchise. Jamie Lee Curtis does one of these every 20 years. In another 20, she'll be 80 in a wheelchair and Myers will be chasing her around in a walker. <laughs> Score nice. 2 out of 5. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> you won't be doing that. <laughs> well he's ground yeah. beef. well spoilers spoilers <laughs> anyways <laughs> different movie <laughs> <laughs> oh boy and then i'll go um there's a couple trivia points that um i found um first one is that the date of the film that was released october 19th was actually the day that michael myers was born um, I, don't, oh. I don't know if they did that on purpose. I don't know if, but 
that's one of the facts I found. I can guarantee it was one of those things where it was like, like they realized it and they're like, uh, yeah, we did it on purpose. (laughs) Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 we're thinking ahead. (laughs) Um, another one was this. I didn't know this too. Um, but Jake Gyllenhaal actually convinced Jamie Lee Curtis to reprise her role as Laurie. Um, I guess she. I, I guess he's like a. They knew each other. I me either. <laughs> I guess he's a really good family friend of Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, huh. So wow. The more you know. That would that isn't that the dream? Just being like, hey, can, hey, hey, Jake, go call up the, the Lee Curtises. We want to hang out. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if she like babysat him. Probably. Oh, where was it? I think I said like she. Wow, Laurie Strode's babysitting me. I think it's. I'm um, gonna die. Actually, no, I won't die. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, actually, no, it is. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis has actually dubbed, has dubbed him like as an unofficial godson. Huh. So, yeah, that's wow. Pretty <laughs> learn something every day. Interesting. Um. All right. So that's the two trivia things I had. Um. And there's just one goof that I'd like to point out before we go into it. Um, so, but this film is set in like northern Illinois. Um, mm-hmm. In the movie, you, there's um, palm trees and cypress cypress trees. Um, nice. And neither of those trees uh, grow in Illinois. So, um, nice. It's just a little continuity error right there. <laughs> Maybe someone just I did not realize to, uh... this. This will factor into my score. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someone just wanted to be a little festive, you know, a little exotic. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Can you imagine Joe driving through the Midwest and just seeing a house with palm trees and like, yeah, you don't belong. What the shit is this? (laughs) (laughs) What what the shit? (laughs) Who do you think you is? You think you's better than me? (laughs) Yeah, someone would think that as a challenge to fight. Oh, boy. But yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got. All right, well, before we break down this movie moment by moment we've got to watch the trailer per usual oh sam did you say what score this had for rotten tomatoes yeah um 79 percent. 79 percent. that's what i thought with an o- i thought you did. yeah with an audience score of 71 not bad not bad all right are we all ready to watch the trailer mm-hmm. i am ready all right three two one go I've waited for him. Testing one, two, three. We're on. We're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. Everyone in my family, like, turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean, your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No. 
and it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? What the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. Honestly, that might be one of the best trailers that we've seen so far. Easily. Yeah, yeah. that was like, I was getting like amped up to watch this movie and I just watched this movie three hours ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Imagine like even back in like 2018 when oh my God. Th- this, this franchise had been dead and you just get this bomb dropped on you. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, yeah. Another thing, oh. um, before we even get into the uh, the recap, this is a sequel to the original Halloween. Mm-hmm. The, the timeline with these movies is very, very messy, as is the case with a lot of these legacy sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything that happened not in Halloween, the original did not happen in this universe, so... As you saw in the heard in the trailer, they're not related. That's the yes. big point. Yep. All right. Well, are we ready to uh, dive into this movie moment by moment and break it down and give our thoughts? Mm, yep. All right. Connor, take it away. All right. So this movie opens up in Smith's Grove Sanitarium. Uh, we are introduced to two podcasters, uh, Aaron and Dana. Our Aaron is better. Um, well, he's a little bit smarter. No. <laughs> You're oh, better. Oh, damn. You're better. Well, I was, I was saying I'm better. Oh, okay, good. Oh, whoa. <laughs> uh, so we open up with the two podcasters, and they're meeting Dr. Sartain. He is this movie's Dr. Loomis, but of course, as we know, Donald Pleasant has passed. Um, he is Michael's. He's been Michael's doctor, uh, and they're meeting together before Michael gets transported to a new facility. Uh, they go out to the courtyard where Michael is just standing there. Uh, Aaron presents Michael's original mask, 
which causes chaos to ensue all around them. And as he's screaming, say something, we cut to the title card. Dude, that intro music is so good in this movie. Dude, I, I literally wrote in my notes, this music just slaps. Dude, like throughout this movie, like the music carried. Uh, that, that, I mean, that's what happens when you bring John Carpenter back. It literally. Um, but. Uh, oh, you're telling me it shouldn't be like Wes Craven and not bring him at all for Nightmare? <laughs> <laughs> Take notes, Nightmare. There's a reason that your movie got a 1.5. <laughs> yeah. Um. I do like, though, like the eerie sounds that bring us through that intro, like the intro credits where they didn't use like they didn't use um, like the actual Halloween theme. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like it was going to lead to that. And it was a fake out. I like that a lot. Yeah. This this when we talked about uh, during our fight night episode, how like just iconic the theme is. Mm-hmm. Oh, it hits full force here. Even if it is like yeah. not the exact same, still I I could run through a wall to that music. Honestly, it's better. Like the, they added the synthesizers. Mm-hmm. It's like to updated the, the classic piano, and it just it's better. See, like last week when we talked about how the theme just didn't feel like it fit the the Nightmare on Elm Street music. Mm-hmm. This is what it should have done. It should have updated right. its music for the time. And for the theme, because this is just a masterclass. Yeah. Uh, do you think if Donald Pleasance had it died, that he would be like that? They would have brought Loomis in instead of Sartain. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it just—it's interesting given how Sartain is through the through this movie. Like, I'd be curious to see if they would have done the same thing with Loomis or not, because Loomis was very staunch, like anti-michael mm-hmm. throughout the halloween series so I, I i don't know i just i i was thinking about that like would he be the same character if it was loomis and not sartine i think it's a good question because once the sequel started to happen in the original like franchise he he became super crazy yeah. um kind of like how sartine is in this movie if you just flip the motive right Right. Yeah, he goes crazy to, to like to kill get Michael. rid of Michael. Right. Doctor Sartain is obsessed with Michael. Uh, he's been his doctor, so it's like it's his life project essentially. Hmm. Um. I also like the uh, it, like how they gave us the exposition on this film through the through the lens of like podcasters interviewing Doctor Sartain. I I just felt that was unique. Mm-hmm. Like not we don't see that. Like, normally it's just, like, two guys talking to each other or whatever, you know. Like, Dr. One talks to Dr. Two, yeah. you know. But this, it was it was a unique take to something that was necessary in this film. Especially since, like, true crime podcasts are insanely popular now. Oh, yeah. It, like, it, they adapted to the times, I feel like. Yep. Because in, in so many of these movies, it is, like, a doctor saying to another doctor, like, oh, yeah. You hear about this guy? He murdered uh, his sister and killed some babysitters. Yeah, you know, like this, it makes sense in the context of the story to have them be podcasters, right? Uh, right. Although, how in God's green earth did they, did he get Michael's mask? 
Yeah, he says he got it from a friend at the attorney general's, which I don't think you can do that. Like that is evidence. No, no, that's like yeah, this is like evidence that's locked up in stuff. You could go to jail for that. Yeah, like hey man. Like what what if you just like walked up and like, hey, I have the knife that you use to kill people. You want it? I got it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's just it, it would literally like imagine being the guy like the in the attorney attorney general's office that sees on the news like Michael Myers is back and you're just looking at it like fuck like, Dave <laughs> where's the mask Dave Dave please Dave did you give away the mask Dave I told you not to do this not <laughs> the again. third time this week Dave <laughs> first the hockey mask then <laughs> then the finger knives and now the mask. No, it's it's dumb that he has it. Yeah. yeah, that was that was a little dumb. But also, like, I do like the the implication that there's some sort of connection between Michael and the mask. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more than just like, oh, he likes the mask, you know? It's there's like, like there's evil with it, thing. right? Yeah. No, I I love the way they made the mask look aged. Like, it, they obviously couldn't get the original, so they. The, mm-hmm. the makeup team did a fantastic job making it look aged it and so good. Because this mask is going to last him for three movies. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> should have just ended with one. Anyways, anyways. Honestly, well, well, all right. I'll save that for the end of this of this review. But <laughs> so, uh, so after the intro, after the the title sequence. The podcasters are going to visit Lori because they want to dive deeper into her relationship with Michael. Um, they end up having to bribe her three three k because she has lived a very secluded life, like sign on the front gate, no trespassing. Um, but yeah, they they want to talk about her relationship to Michael. They bring up that Michael is just a human being, which Lori does scoff at because in her eyes, he is the boogeyman. But then things do go kind of sour with the interview. They bring up some personal information, how uh, her daughter was taken away by the state, how she had a bunch of failed marriages, ends up getting him kicked out. Um, But speaking of getting her daughter taken away, we then meet her daughter, Karen, her husband, Ray and their daughter, Allison. Um, They have a very strange relationship, uh, Karen and Lori. We'll learn about that a bit sooner on. But uh, Allison goes to school. We meet her friends, Vicky and her boyfriend, Dave. And this is the point in the movie we saw in the trailers. They say, nope, Lori and Michael are not related. That's a rumor. Like it or not, that's what they chose to with uh, with this movie uh we then go to school we meet cameron who is allison's boyfriend and oscar who is like their friend uh we get a scene with allison in the classroom which is straight from the original where she looks out but Lori is now replaced or yeah Lori has replaced michael in that scene um so allison goes out to talk to her we established that Lori has been haunted by Michael her entire life, as you could have assumed by just mm-hmm. how uh, private and 
lockdown her life is. And as we see it in a couple of seconds, she has a gun range in her backyard and is just, she's a defense specialist, I would say. She's, she's like, a she's, pretty nice shot. She is oh, a she's a crack nice shot. shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, no, like, I love how they just casually throw out 3K to get to Lori. <laughs> yeah, they just, they just had 3,000 cash and they're like, this'll do it. Must be nice. And I, I do like, I also like the, the little note where he was like, Shoot, where they were on the talking on that like the intercom system, and he was like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, we're 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 we have a podcast," and she and the woman goes, "We're investigative journalists," and I was yeah. like, "That's so, that is so true crime, though." It, like, it, 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 I had I did have a note. It's like there's something just so pretentious about being a true crime podcast. Mm-hmm. Just and even just true crime, it's just me. That stuff just sits wrong with me. Yeah. I feel like they kind of, they always romanticize like these tragedies without really yep. thinking of the victims, which is yep. a theme that we get with these podcasters too. Like they don't care about Lori. They just care about the story. The story. Oh, oh, they don't care about Lori. They care about the story. Bar. Damn. Clip it. Write that, write that down. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I also like how casually Lori's introduced. Like, it wasn't like this big buildup. Like, yeah, we get her going to the house. But, like, when she's actually, like, introduced on screen, she's just there pulling up a chair. It's like, she's it's not like this grand, like, turnaround entrance. Like, whoa. Yeah, it's like, like they did with uh, Frank, with Frank Hawkins. Mm-hmm. It's like, you were looking for me? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. No, it was literally just, like, cut. She's pulling up a chair. Like, what do you want? Which is so, it just feels so Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do find it funny. She like had the, I'm pretty sure she had the chair turned around. She said, "I'm like the cool teacher." Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she's a badass, and we know it. Yeah, yeah. I also wrote down that the podcasters are weird AF because of how like creepy they are. Yeah, there's there's another scene that I, we're gonna get to that I wanted to bring that up, but they're just ugh, bad vibes. But moving to, like, the family, like, introducing the other characters, I liked how, how like, normal it seemed. Yeah. Like, Karen and Ray and Allison seemed like to have, like, just a normal dynamic, and it worked really well for me. For whatever reason, I was like, yeah, this is believable. Mm-hmm. I, I, Especially the, the part where Ray spills, spills peanut butter on his uh, I got oh peanut butter on my penis. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so stupid. Yeah, and then Allison, she's like, "Dad, oh shut up." He's like, "Please don't." Yeah, it, it's a it's a weird thing to say at breakfast, but it is better than the Rob Zombie Halloween breakfast scene. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen the Rob Zombie, and I don't know if I want to. Man, it's... if you like white trash, do I got a movie for you? <laughs> yeah, it is full trailer trash. Oh, jeez. Oh, like big time yeah it just look like even even if you take away all the dialogue from that movie it looks trailer trash. it just looks grimy yep uh but speaking of like dynamics that i like that you like mm-hmm. i i really like cameron and oscar i know Ka- yeah. cameron 
we're gonna find out he's a bit of a dick but oscar just a bit just yeah <laughs> oscar is like i i know an oscar in real life like that that character right. he, he's like the comic relief but he's not mm-hmm. it's done right i would say yeah it's not like whoa look at me you know yeah it's actually funny yeah I forget what he says. He's oh, because he like kisses them both on the forehead, and Cameron's like, "Oh, dude, you got spit on me." And he's like, "Yes, that is my gift to you. Hope you enjoy." <laughs> it. It's just, dude, th- this whole movie, like the comic relief in this movie, kid pulls it off. It just hits. They pull every it off every single time. Mm-hmm. I like, oh, this is supposed to be funny, and then like you see a scene that's obviously like comic relief. And it's like, is it gonna work? And then it works every time, mm-hmm. every single time. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of like comic comedy in like serious movies. Um, Aaron, I think you know this. But <laughs> oh my god, yeah, you flamed the. When we, I remember we went to see the Force Awakens on opening night, and oh, Sam was so disappointed after after watching. He's like, it was too funny. It's <laughs> like that's what it was supposed to be. Nah. Like, no, too funny. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, but yeah, I agree. This actually, this did it well. This movie did it well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there there weren't too many moments where they try to be funny, which helps. You know, I'd rather go like two for two than one for ten. Yep. All right, but yeah, I I, I like their dynamic. Even though, actually, they both end up kind of being dicks later on, but. Yeah, well. It happens. One of them we can kind of forgive because he was very, very hammered. They both were. Like, had a a lapse of, in. I mean, one of them was more forgivable than the other. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, that reverse Michael Myers lorry shot with Allison was Mm. awesome. I like that. Such a good callback. Yeah, it's, it's something they did a lot in this movie. They just swapped Laurie and Michael for a bunch of, like, those shots from the original, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. It worked, for sure. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, yeah, these guys are connected. We can swap them out, and you know exactly what we're talking about. All right, so next we have... Michael finally getting transferred to that new facility. Dr. Sartain goes along. He says something along the lines of like, he's, he's been my patient. I will be there until he's not my patient. Uh, but Lori's watching. Uh, this scene is also cut in with a scene of the podcasters doing research. And I bring this up only because they did get a good Loomis impersonation or impression. Um, mm-hmm. I forget the comedian's name, but he did a good job. Um, and he he rep- reprised uh, his role in in uh, Halloween Kills. Yeah, doing the voice. Uh, so we also, while this scene is happening, uh, Karen, Ray, Allison are having a family dinner with. Uh, wait, I think I said it wrong. Ray, Karen, and Allison are having a dinner with Cameron. Um, get to introduce each other, uh, Lori. Uh, interrupts the dinner. It's a very awkward scene. <laughs> Made me uncomfortable. After seeing it so many times, I've kind of fast forward through. But Karen ends the uh, pretty much ends the scene with telling Allison her childhood, how she was raised 
to be like a survivalist you learn how to shoot you learn how to like make traps and all that that's why they, she just doesn't reach out to her mom and then we get to see just a random kid named kevin and his dad they're going hunting in the woods um but they see the smith grove bus crashed on the side and a bunch of the the um inmates just walking around just like the original did uh so kevin calls the cops his dad goes to investigate he sees a cop who tells him to run but the cop is like one foot in the grave (laughs) uh he he goes into the bus to investigate himself sees dr sartain who very funnily says don't shoot and then gets shot (laughs) (laughs) yep um and then he just runs back to the car where michael has snuck in to the back seat and kills kevin against the window and sheriff hawkins who is introduced here at a gas station. He's called about the crash and he finds a couple other dead cops. He finds Kevin's dad who with his neck just snapped almost to the point where like his head is in the wrong direction. And he finds Dr. Sartain who is still alive and tells him that Michael Myers escaped. Bum, bum, bum. Mm -hmm. Bum, bum, bum. So... That scene where Sartain has his hands up, says, don't shoot, and gets shot. (laughs) That that was one of those scenes where it was like, I know you're not trying to be funny here. Like, I I completely understand that, like, this kid is obviously very tense, scared. If you see something just jump up, he's probably going to shoot. That might right. be the funniest scene in this movie for me. It was yeah, so I, good. Uh, it was pretty good. Don't shoot. Bam! <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do? Stab me? Get stabbed? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, but it was it was kind of creepy seeing the uh, like the image disappear in the fog yeah. during the bus crash. Were, were they going out to go hunting in pitch black night? Yeah. I don't know if that's... What, are they stupid? I mean, I don't know. I, I've never <laughs> hunted before. I don't know if that's something you do, but... You're going to get lost. Unless you have a cabin that you can go to. Like, you, if you go hunting at night, you risk being attacked by animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're probably going to get lost because you can't see shit. <laughs> good point. Good point. I also don't know if you're... I think I don't think you're allowed to hunt at night. I think. I think it's against the law to hunt at night. It definitely isn't safe. I mean, even just not even like animals attacking you, but God forbid Kevin and his dad just got a little separated. One of them hears a crack, turns point, don't shoot, bang. (laughs) We've already established that Kevin has a bad trigger finger. (laughs) Yeah, that's itchy. Yeah. Yeah, Now that was weird. Kevin also. Um, I like. Sorry, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Because I was just going to make fun of a kid. I'll go no, ahead. no, you can make. No, I'll go ahead because I'm, <laughs> I'm moving away. <laughs> no, he just has I'm a funny voice. That That's all. Yeah, yeah. So, he reminds me of someone. Sounded like yeah, he I feel smokes. like I've heard his voice. I, I yeah. I'm not in your brain. Now I need I to can't look help. him up to see. 
to see if I've actually heard his voice before or not. I, I feel bad because uh, you know, he is a kid, but he, he sounds like he was smoking menthols. Uh, I do like how, um, uh, like how Lori, Jamie Lee Curtis can act like (laughs) these scenes between the car scene where she's like, like totally in anguish. And then she just goes to this, crashes this dinner party and just, just messes it up so bad. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that was... Yeah, that was it. Was, she, I was just like, yeah, she's good. She's she can act. She's very good. Uh, another yeah. thing. Now that you brought it up, I know it's like it's a very formal thing to do, but whenever someone just refers like in public, it's like, oh, this is grandmother. Like, mm-hmm. I always say, this is my grandma. Yeah, right. Especially like later on, she, there's like a scene where there is some urgency, and Allison's like, grandmother grandmother oh grandmother yeah i don't know it's just i always find that funny like father father come here (laughs) come hither we must speak on some matters mother is down by the river oh god um let's see do i have anything else to say for this section i mean that dude got really messed up that his neck was like out there it, it kind of looked like michael just pulled his spine up but yeah, but probably. didn't like the you know like the predator likes to rip spines out mm-hmm. i feels like michael just ripped his spine and left it in his neck because it just looked so messed up yeah it did not look good he did die so makes sense yeah uh, so right. we get to move on. Yep. Right. Good to move on. So next, the podcasters go to Judith Meyer's grave. Uh, they start romanticizing about how Michael killed Judith way back in the original. Uh, Michael is just hiding, not even hiding. He's standing in the trees watching them. Uh, there is a small scene too, where Sartan is in the hospital and, Hawkins and I forget the other sheriff's name. He has a cool cowboy hat. Um, <laughs> cowboy hat man. Cowboy hat and, and Hawkins are saying how they they found pretty much all the other uh, inmates except two, which is Bike and as we will learn in the next movie, a guy named Tavoli. Uh, next, the podcasters go to a gas station to drop a deuce and refuel (laughs) um michael had followed them he kills the gas station clerk kills the mechanic and in a very cool scene i would say he kills both the podcasters first being aaron who just gets his face bashed in against any surface michael can see and then Uh, what was her name dana yeah dana probably (laughs) podcaster two uh yeah podcaster number two (laughs) she gets lifted up and her neck snapped and 
not only does Michael get his mechanic jumpsuit that he is known for, he gets his mask back. So we could all applaud for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lori learns about the bus crash. Uh, she goes to Karen's to let them know, but they do not believe her. They do not care. They kick her out. Uh, and also during this scene, we see just her how like she has a hidden basement door under the island, which is is really fucking cool. It's cool, and it's also like a major plot point in this film. Huge plot point. Basement island. I'll like main character number four is basement island. Yeah, uh, hole. Yeah, but then we get what is not even maybe we get the best scene in the movie next, which is. But before we get to that, yes. (laughs) Um, I just love like there are some shots in this movie that are just so good like when when they're at the mechanic place and you can see in the background that michael is beating the shit out of the the mechanic mm-hmm. just casually like that was cool that's that's just cool yeah and i will say we've had two i want to say two like off-screen kills like mm-hmm. kevin's dad and the gas station clerk both of them like normally I like to see my deaths on per like on screen. They mm-hmm. looked so gruesome. Like this clerk had like his jaw just ripped down like Open. missing teeth <laughs> which he then drops in the bathroom stall of Dana in front of podcaster number 2. Yeah. <laughs> that was just it was so creepy. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it when I first saw it, loved it now. Um, yeah, and I also like just like before Michael got his mask, how they were just they would just give us glimpses of what he looked like, just like like oh, oh it, it, you can kind of see it, kind of see him, kind of see his face, mm-hmm. kind of a little bit in the background here. That was cool. Yeah, it is, and I think when I want to say it's when Kevin was getting attacked, there is like another kind of shot on his face, and you can see like not only did the mask mask get updated from like the original but you can see like mm. uh his eye is um i don't, I don't want to say he's like blind in one eye because of when laurie stabs him with the the coat hanger in the original oh that, oh okay mm-hmm. yeah love the detail yeah, i didn't i never made that connection oh yeah you there's a lot of um they they took care of every little detail to make this feel like a sequel uh, Sam, what'd you think of the, uh, the mask, like how that reveal, that mask reveal? I really in- liked it, um, because of, uh, like you said about, um, they like redid the whole thing and in the, the, the next movies, it'll show, you know, it's burned and stuff like that. Yeah. You can um, see like the damage on it. Yeah. Right. It just looked so like. It it was believable. It, like it looked creepy. Mm-hmm. It looked like it could have been the same mask. Yeah, I think honestly, if I saw like a clean Shatner mask versus that one, I think I might be more terrified of that one. Oh, for sure. That's got some years on it. That's got some experience. Yeah. 
I don't want no virgin yeah, chat. Yeah, see that be like, damn, this guy's been doing this for a long time. <laughs> yeah, if I see a clean one, I'm like, ooh, is this your first time? You want me to take it slow for you when I die? Yeah. Um, I also wrote down that uh, Ray may be the best character in this movie. Uh, just by how he was talking to Lori when she invaded his house. Yeah, because she, she breaks into their house and like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is funny, her reveal, because like... She's like at the top of the stairs and they just walk by. She's like, bang, you're dead. And he's just like, get the fuck out of my house. Put the gun down he's like, and get out. It's like, oh, d- 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 uh, d- this is my house. And it's like, oh my God, it works so well. Yeah, Ray's funny. Ray is funny. So. Right. Let's let's get to the, 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 the good shot. The good shot. <laughs> yes, the best scene because it is a two and a half, I think it's around two and a half minutes. Just I had it at over three minutes, over three, but I might oh. be wrong there. It's a two and a half to three minute, one, <laughs> one take of Michael just out in the streets. Mm-hmm. So it starts with uh, Michael bumps into some kids who look like they're in Halloween 2. Uh, he then turns... Takes a beeline to this woman's garage, picks up a hammer, walks in through the back door, kills the lady with the hammer, takes a knife instead, walks out the front door, goes down the street a little bit. He sees a nurse couple. They're going to come back in the sequel. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. I also I also want to point out, I was just looking at the credits. They were their title credits or their character credits were sexy nurse and hunky doctor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Good for them. Yep. <laughs> um but yeah, he sees them. They're leaving to go to a bar, which we see in the next movie. Um so he walks up to this woman's porch instead, looks into her house. Love that when you see his mask in the reflection, we get the Da, da, da. original yeah. score we see him walk around the house as this woman is like on the phone mm-hmm. and then we see him come in through the back door slam this woman's head down stabs her through the neck killing her ends the scene oh so good dude i love like long takes or one in one shots in in films mm. Like they are my favorite kind of of cut because I, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but the amount of work and choreography and effort it takes to coordinate dozens of people to even film like a thirty second one take, let alone a two and a half minute one take where you go from outside of a house to inside of a house to back out on the street to into to looking into a house to seeing michael go around the house and then in and that and everyone has to be on point everyone has to hit their marks or else the scene doesn't work like that is amazing Mm -hmm. and i love that they don't like once he gets to that second lady's house i love that they don't follow him they just stay Mm -hmm. looking through this woman's window and yep. you see, like, you just see his little head bob as he's walking around. You see his shadow on the other house. Yep. And there's just like, I don't know, we can show that. But it's so much more effective to see this woman, like, get a little nervous, 
shut her blinds and in the back you just see michael walk up to her yeah that was it's just amazing i think this might be in my top five favorite movie shots of all time easily like it was that good yeah and especially with one takes i feel like a lot of times some movies like they'll do them and they just they don't need to do them Mm -hmm. this is like this is so well executed yep absolutely um so next is at the high school halloween dance allison and cameron are a gender swap bonnie and clyde um allison gets a call from vicky asking if she wants to hang out because vicky is babysitting julian this kid down the street allison catches cameron making out with a tiger not an animal but a girl in a tiger costume (laughs) yep um so she gets out of there they he confronts her like he's a he's a dick he takes her phone and just dunks it in cheese just mystery cheese just nacho cheese (laughs) it's nacho cheese (laughs) not your phone anymore because it's in the cheese Oh. oh my god <laughs> nice get out get out <laughs> all right thanks for listening to the film box podcast <laughs> this is the end of the episode now we're done <laughs> uh, if you guys want to join a podcast i know one that is now looking for a third host Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no but he throws her phone and cheese and her and oscar leave the uh dance while this is happening vicky is babysitting julian as i had said julian's a cool kid uh they have a nice they have such a cute relationship um dave vicky's boyfriend shows up uh and they start hooking up when julian says hey there's a boogeyman in my closet and first time she goes nothing there so she just puts him back to bed they have a qc where she's like oh yeah you're my favorite kid um and then the closet won't close, so Vicky comes back to try to shut the closet. And who's there? Michael Myers, shown in the trailer, which I, I didn't mm-hmm. really like that. But um, yeah, Vicky gets attacked. She gets killed. Uh, Julian like runs back up to see her like get dragged away. Just to run back downstairs to run to Dave and be like, dude, get out of here. But <laughs> credit to Dave. He's going to go fight for his girl, grabs a knife, gets killed. Um, Literally. Yeah. Uh, Hawkins. Oh, poor Dave. Yeah, poor Dave. Just wanted to get laid. Uh, Hawkins and Lori hear uh, the call, uh, police call about it. So they go to the house. Lori sees Michael in the house, so she takes a shot. Um, it was a mirror, though. Again, in the trailer. Uh, but then Hawkins like chases after him. Lori ends up getting a shot off on Michael in the shoulder, but he gets away. And Hawkins and Lori catch up again, and we find out that Hawkins was the one who caught Michael after the original movie ended. So Sartain is now awake after getting shot and he 
wants to keep Michael alive to keep studying why he kills, why he's doing the things he's doing. So he's kind of just along for the ride now with Hawkins. Police escort Lori and Karen and Ray back to Lori's house because it is a compound. Hmm. Um, it's a facility, a defense facility, yeah, yeah, fortress. It's a, yeah, it's a barracks. Lori has the eighth high, uh, the eighth largest military in the world. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so Oscar and Allison, they had left the dance after Cameron cheated. Uh, they go. They're trying to take a shortcut through Mister Elrod's yard. That's a throwback to I think Halloween too. Um, but he comes on to her. He is drunk. Not to excuse that, but he does come on to her. She rejects him, and he. Thankfully, it's just like, all right, my bad, my bad. I'm sorry. I was drunk. Girls were grinding on me. I was horny. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, in this guy's Mr. Elrod's yard is also Michael Myers standing in the trees. It's a funny, there's a funny moment where uh, Oscar is just venting to Michael about like, oh, you ever just have a girl and you just can't have her? <laughs> Obviously, Michael doesn't say anything. And the motion sensor lights in this guy's backyard go off. And they keep coming back on as Michael gets closer, which is very well done. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, Eventually, he does get slashed. He gets attacked and killed up against a fence, which I didn't notice until, like, I think it's Halloween Kills. They show his body in the morgue. He he's he yep. he gets stabbed in the back, but his face also went through one of the the gate spikes. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no. Like he fell on the gate spike, basically. Yeah. Really, really gruesome. But oh yeah. Anyway, he he's dead. Allison goes back to goes back to see his body, and she sees Michael. So she runs to get help from the neighbors. And Hawkins and Sart Hawkins and Sartain go to pick her up. The music, uh, the music score when she sees Michael for the first time. Oh my time, god! That chills. that synth rock like guitar hit. Just oh, wow! Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god! I like I normally you know you would get like the the Michael Myers theme. I'm glad they didn't do it mm-hmm. here. Like oh yeah. No, that hit so like I got goosebumps. Yeah, watching it, like it, it just felt so intense. Yep. Yeah. Um. Julian actually is the best character in this movie. Oh, dude, he's so funny. <laughs> not it's not Ray. <laughs> I, I literally mean, have no, in my okay. notes. I have Ray may be the best character in this movie, and then a line where I talk about the one take, and then the literal next line is, dude, Julian is actually the best character in this movie. <laughs> He's so funny. So, like, Vicky is trying to get uh, Allison to come over and, like, smoke, and she calls mm-hmm. it, like, the Alakazam or whatever. Alakazam. And he's like, I know you talk about weed. Like, I'm not dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any other babysitter would have be we would have read me a story and said you got me here clipping nasty my ass nasty toenails. ass toenails. <laughs> uh, so funny. He, and when he sees Michael, he's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every single line he has. 
I I think I read somewhere that he improvised yeah. all of his lines. Yeah, Wait, really? I know he. Yeah, that kid improvised all of his lines. I'm so happy that he was in this movie. Like again, this is the comic relief that really works. Mm-hmm. Got me clipping my nasty yeah. ass toenails. Yeah. Um. Shout out to the actor uh, Jibril Nantambu. Mm-hmm. Shout out who uh, who played him. He is he was awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he was in Halloween Ends, even for one scene at the very end. I'm glad he was back. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's see. Uh, I do also. Did you guys notice when when Hawkins comes in to to and reveals Vicky? Mm-hmm. Um, like under the blanket, there's a a jack o' lantern in the aquarium. I didn't notice that. No, I didn't. Notice I ju- that I've seen this movie like four times. I just noticed it on this viewing. I looked. I looked over. I was like, Jesus, the jack o' lantern is just sitting in the aquarium. Damn, <laughs> for no reason. Damn, Michael, just um. Also, the way Vicky slipped on nothing. I mean, socks on a hardwood floor is not nothing. I've I mean, I've fallen down my I mean, fair share of stairs that way. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! Not again! Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> there was one day, it happened twice oh, in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally was walking down to my kitchen and I fell down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I walked, Twice in a row. I walked back up, and then I had to go back down, and I fell again. Oh my god! <laughs> so I, I, oh, I attest that she did not slip on nothing. Oh my god! That must have been hilarious. a low point for you. Like, man, I'm the guy that slips on stairs. <laughs> I, I was. I, tell you, I had. A, I have a story when I slipped. I I fell down the stairs. <laughs> And um, I actually had to get like seven stitches in my hand. Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ! See, it happened. Even though she was just, it was not even. She didn't even make it to the stairs, just the hallway. Oh my god! Oh, god, I also like the scene with Oscar and uh, Allison was like cringy, but it also had my favorite line in the whole movie, which was when when he was apologizing for like coming on to her. He says, they fed me guacamole in really sexy ways. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what in the world? <laughs> what is I, I love yeah, there's it. some weird dialogue. I do love I it because it's it. not even played for jokes. He's like just begging her to come back. And he's like, like I'm so sorry. Like, I, I, I was all chumped up and they fed me guacamole. It's like, Jesus, He's dude. like, all these girls were dancing on me. Their bodies got me all chubbed up. I'm sorry. It's like, what in the world, man? Uh, that might be my favorite line. Oh, yeah. I want to take a vote to see what, like, who is the best character in this movie? Because I, I vote for Julian. I think it might actually be Julian. But well, I, I will vote for the one who remains alive. How about that? Hmm? It's, it's Julian. Oh, of okay. all the names we've mentioned so far. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, no, that was awesome. And 
that that motion detector scene was just so good. so well executed. Yeah, I, I think that was actually like I knew what was coming once I understood like the gist of the scene. It still got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, not even like it was this. It was the the one right before like the jump when he actually makes the slash. It was just like he mm-hmm. went from like in the back to in front of him yeah and just that one scared me most this movie isn't good you know Mm-hmm. so hawkins and sartain they picked up allison uh hawkins is just saying how he wants to kill michael make sure he's dead sartain's like no like we got to keep him alive um and they see michael sauntering down the street and they run him down um in a great callback to uh halloween yeah too. poor poor ben tramer yep um so they get out of the car sartain tells hawkins that michael's dead but he's lying um dun 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 sartain attacks hawkins stabs him in the neck and a couple times in the body because he doesn't want Michael to die. So he kills Hawkins to to do that. Well, kills. Quotes. Sorry, you can't see my quotes. It's audio podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hawkins is alive. (laughs) Well, so he gets stabbed a bunch and gets run over. After Sartain yeah. puts him in Michael in the car and drives off, they run over his body. I'm sorry for thinking that he died. <laughs> yeah, it was like, damn, they killed off Hawkins. They, since we're not going to talk about it, they did the same thing in Halloween Kills, where this lady gets stabbed in the throat. Yeah. With a, yeah oh, yeah. And right. she comes back in Halloween Ends. Yeah, she's alive man there were two people in halloween ends that like supposedly were killed in kills Mm -hmm. who was the other like they just love doing that i don't i don't remember who the other one was but yeah they're just like oh well you didn't see him take his last breath so he's good he's fine he'll he'll Mm -hmm. shake it off congratulations Mm mm-hmm Uh, here also Sartain mentions that he caused the crash. Uh, he didn't want Michael. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> yeah, Sartain's our secondary antagonist. Uh, he didn't want Michael going anywhere else, so he wants to keep studying him and figuring out why he kills and see if there is a connection Which, between like, him and Lori. Like, hey, bro, just get a transfer to that facility. Listen, man. Don't cause mass murder. Yeah, it's um. They, uh, I'm sure they'll happily take you over there. Yeah. Oh, the guy that's been studying Michael Myers for forty years. Nah, we don't want him. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get Joe Schmo to to yeah. handle him. Thank you. So, Michael Mayer, are you related to John? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's that's what they want. That's what they want taking care of that. Uh, Miguel. Miguel Myers, Mier, oh Michael. Okay, my bad. 
Yeah, no. Nah. Hey, do you watch Stranger Things? My favorite character's named Byers. <laughs> oh, are you Austin Powers, Mike Myers? <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, no. All right. I know everyone in this movie was obsessed with Michael Myers talking. Like, imagine if someone, like, when Sart- <laughs> spoiler Sartain dies, we'll get to it. Very shortly. But imagine he when he when he dies, he's like, say something, and he just <laughs> just goes, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh man, that would have made a movie a five like a perfect ten for me. Oh, behave. <laughs> oh, oh, behave. <laughs> he just winks at the camera. Fuck. And it's never brought up again. He never talks for the rest of the series. I mean, it wouldn't know. Oh my god. Um, yeah. Sartain is upset. That's a clip. I should make that into a T-shirt. Yeah. Just Michael Myers. Uh, <laughs> Just, uh, this movie's Michael Myers with the, the words "Oh, behave" under it. <laughs> oh man. I'm gonna do, do it. it. I'm gonna do, do it. it. Coward. I'm gonna do it. You won't. <laughs> no boss. I'm gonna make a note right now. <laughs> make shirt million dollar idea. <laughs> Why don't you write that down? What you just said happens. Yep. <laughs> Sartain is obsessed with hearing Michael speak. So when Allison sees that Michael is waking up, she's like, "Hey, I, he he just spoke to me um, to get him to pull over." Sartain gets attacked, dragged out of the car. As he's laying there, he says, say something. And Michael just says, meet my boot. And stomps his face in. Oh, behave. <laughs> this, this franchise loves oh. their uh, their head smashes. They do, yeah. Well, they look cool, so I will give them that. That's fair. Uh, so we also meet two cops... Who are? Oh my god! They're watching over Lori's complex compound. Sorry, um, and I, I do want to point them out before we get to the end because there is really no point to stop there. But they are just so delightful. They're just yeah. They're just talking about what they had, what they made for dinner. Um. The, oh my god! The one co- the older cop. He's like, like the younger cop is just talking about like making a bond me and like doing trying like a peanut butter and jelly bond me with all this like special stuff and the other guys like the older cops like no nah, that sounds disgusting mm-hmm. and the other the younger one's like oh what'd you bring for dinner and he opens his Tupperware and is like well I got brownie a homemade brownie like, I got some chocolate pudding yeah. it's like dude he's like look at this this is a homemade brownie I made this and the other one goes. That looks like something a five-year-old would make. <laughs> just like, why does that work? Like, every, these guys weren't even it's like, actors. It's just funny. No, they weren't. Neither of those people are actual actors. The the younger one, uh, he was like a God. I don't even know the title, but it's like he helps with like he was helping with like the police aspect of the movie. Right. And uh, the older right. one was the makeup designer, Christopher Nelson. So yeah. he, I'm so happy that these guys got to just act, and it worked. Yeah, right. And it wasn't just like they they were in the film, mm-hmm. 
It's like, oh, we gave you a camp. Like, they actually had dialogue, had a scene, whatever. Yeah, know? like, this this franchise has had tried to make, like, two cops funny, and it didn't work in, God, what was it, Halloween 5? No. Yeah, something like that. That's That was a disgrace. Yeah, it was pretty much a disaster. Um, So now we get to pretty much the ending of this movie. The, the climax, if you will. Um, so Michael, unfortunately, kills those two cops after killing Sartain. And Allison had escaped while that happened. Michael kills those two cops, takes their car up to the house. Ray goes out to check on them, and he sees they're dead. He gets killed shortly after. Um... Lori puts the house on lockdown. She gets attacked through the door by Michael, but shoots off a couple of his fingers. Uh, and then she goes and hides in the basement. Um, Michael breaks in and Lori takes some shots at him, but nothing hits. So they then start a cat and mouse game where she sweeps the house, goes room by room, and then locks each one with like cool trap doors. Mm-hmm. Um, but she sees a blood trail upstairs in a mannequin room. Um, that <laughs> strange. Yeah. Room. yeah, I mean, she has like a shooting range with a bunch of those uh, mannequins out there, so it makes sense. Like, I right, well, this guy's head blew off. I got to grab another one. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um. So she goes to the mannequin room. She sees Ray's body in the closet. And then Michael attacks her out of the shadows. Uh, She gets stabbed and thrown out the window. But uh, Allison had made it to the house by now. She's like calling out for anyone that distracts Michael. So when he looks back outside, Lori just ran off like what he did at the end of the first um so karen is able to get allison to come down to the basement but now michael knows that the island is like a fake island and there's a trap door so he starts like i said fourth main character is this island (laughs) yeah so he starts just ripping that thing off and karen grabs her gun with her name on it and she starts to she fakes him out by like crying saying that she she can't do it. She's sorry. So he stands out in front of the doorway. She's like, gotcha, bitch. Shoots him in the neck. And then out of the shadows pops Lori, still alive. Tells him happy Halloween. And they just have another great fight. She knocks him down into the basement. Um, Allison, Karen, they run up. But Karen gets grabbed. So Allison grabs a knife and slashes and stabs Michael to get him to let go. And they trap him in the basement. Uh, Once he's down there, they turn on all the gas. Because the house wasn't like a a safe house for Lori. It was a trap for Michael. So they trapped him in the basement, gas it up, and they light the house on fire. uh, With Michael just standing there as the house is like burning up. And they escape thanks to a truck driving by 
with the and this movie ends uh with them in the bed of the truck going to the hospital with a freezing on Allison still holding the knife that she used to stab Michael. And you can hear oh, you can boy. hear Michael breathing <clears throat> in the end credits too at the very end. So if you yeah, if you didn't cool, think so. that he uh would come back for the sequel. <laughs> we got two boy, do I got a breach to sell you. Yeah. Um those two kills that Michael has off screen on the two police officers, like, damn. Like, you made a jack-o'-lantern out of one of their yeah, heads. Yeah, that was the thing. He he stabbed uh, the younger one with the pen knife that Sartain used to stab Hawkins. And he just cut off the other guy's head and turned it into a jack-o'-lantern. Which I found cool that when, like, Ray is going to, like, look at the car, you can see the jack-o'-lantern in the tinted window. Yeah, right. I don't know why he was like, huh. Let me see what's inside. But hmm. Huh, this looks safe. They like, are. Oh, very festive. And certainly not a hazard for driving. Um, I do like how Michael takes legit damage in this film. Mm-hmm. Like, he gets shot. He gets his fingers blown off. Like, he, he takes it. Da- it's not just, like, one of those, like, oh, he's, he's impossible to kill. Like, he takes legit damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, I don't know if you guys noticed this. But it was very present in the like when Allison was like slashing and stabbing him. You can hear him like grunt and moan. Mm-hmm. Like when he gets stabbed, you hear him go. Arr! When yeah. he falls down, yeah, the especially stairs. when he got his yeah when he got his um fingers blown off too. I think yeah, like. you could hear him like react to it. He's not just like this uh silent ghost like figure. Like no, he's yeah, he's right, a person. Yeah. He is still like human, even though he's ish. Like, <laughs> yeah, human ish. Yeah, he still he takes damage again. That's something I like that they just carried over. So like all the mm-hmm. damage you see now, you see in Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Yep. I have a question. So um, did did they already plan like a three movie seek like three yes. movie trilogy before like this? Yep. Movie? Okay. So. I wasn't sure what, if, like... What I had they... read, and I, I'm not sure if it's true or not. I th- And I also don't know if I rem- I'm remembering it correctly, but they had... They had enough material to make two. But since this movie did so well, they, oh, they figured yeah, that I they remember. could make it into a trilogy. Okay. Yep, yep. They were like, okay, we, we will make two, and then this one knocked it out of the park, so like, oh, we're making a we third. We can make a third. I remember now. Yeah, which sucks because I I like kills a decent amount, but it feels like a th- a second movie when you know a trilogy is happening. Like, uh-huh. it's one of those yeah. where you just kind of it's just a it, it's a it it's in. a victim of its circumstances. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we're not talking about kills. We're talking about twenty eighteen. So, um. So I liked overall, I actually, I really liked this final sequence. I had two issues with it and really were the two, two of the issues that throughout the film, like, I really didn't have a whole lot of things with it. I didn't like how Laurie just shot through the floor mm-hmm. at Michael. Uh, that was like, dumb. if you're going to use it as a hiding place. Yeah. Use it as a hiding, hiding yeah. Place. I know. I noticed that too. That was a little why. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and like, I guess, like, if you want to try and like lure him down there, sure. But I, don't I mean, know. it felt a little. There, there are traps on every single room. So like, if if he wasn't in the basement, he could have got trapped in like a bedroom. Granted, yeah, right. There's a lot more room for escape because he could just jump out the window. But yeah, still, like he he could have gotten trapped in any other room. So like, letting him know that you were in the basement. Unless you do, that's where you wanted him to be. Meh. Yeah. I also didn't... Because I've been writing... I wrote through my notes throughout this whole thing. Like, every scene in this movie felt intentional. Like, there was a reason that each scene in this movie... There was no filler. Mm -hmm. Minus the only scene in this movie is with Allison and the mannequins. Yeah, that, that felt so out of place. Yeah, that was the only one where I was like, really, we didn't need this. Like, otherwise, every other scene in this movie was like crafted specifically, like, okay, we need this to establish this, or we need this for this, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, it it wasn't scary. I get, like, Mm -hmm. I get that you're trying to show, like, Allison is very scared and she just walked into, like, this mannequin graveyard. But, like, she could be scared in the house. Right, right. Um, with that said, Lori clearing the house and doing the gates was, I was like on the edge of my mm-hmm. seat. And I've seen this movie <laughs> four times. Like, it was, it was, it's just such a good scene. Yeah, I love that they have Lori on the offensive. Yeah, and just like, it's quiet. You can see, you see her checking rooms, closing the doors, and. I appreciate it. it's going back to things that's that are intentional, like closing the doors and then cutting to Karen who can hear it from the basement and her like freaking mm-hmm. out. Like, yeah, that I'd be like that. I'd be freaking out of just like I it's dead silent and all of a sudden you're boom, like just massive crash. Mm-hmm. Like that was awesome. Yeah, that that scene I still remember when we saw it in in theaters. I was like white knuckles, like I was like I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. But each time she like went into a room and cleared, it, I was like, I'm not like, there's no breath of relief coming. I know. Yeah. Right. Like, even if this room is clear, there's another room. Yep. Yeah. No, that, that was really well done. Um, and my final note was, uh, the, the fact that they legit burned that house down for mm-hmm. real. <laughs> is great awesome. touch. Yeah, not to bring up kills again, but because the opening of kills is the ending of this movie, I do like that they had to build the house up and burn it down again. <laughs> they had to do it again. It, it was funny to like listening to some behind the scenes stuff, and they were like, "We had one take, so everything had to go." Yeah, right. like we can only burn down this house once, <laughs> so we, you got to make sure that we are not building this thing up again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's another thing I'll I, I like. Um, I guess we can just talk about the whole trilogy, but um, how like the next movie picks up exactly right when the there's like no time jump or anything yep. like that. I think they did that very well. Mm-hmm. But hmm. boy, do I have a third movie in this series to show you? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> good God, yeah. I this should have been the final. I'm just gonna say it. this should have been it. Like they didn't need it. They didn't need kills, and they really didn't need ends. Like, if this was the end of Michael Myers' story, 
this was the way to go out this movie well i feel like with this one too because i know they originally they they said like we don't want him like definitively killed because we want to be able to make a sequel if we want to Mm -hmm. this like burning him down or burning the house down that felt like such a good way to keep it open-ended especially when like you hear him breathe during the end credits it's like okay he's clearly not dead and then obviously there's two other movies so he didn't die like this if they had just decided to make this a standalone sequel i think it would have worked very well yep it would have been practically perfect. Yeah, I mean, and it, w- it would have been a kicker if it been like you actually didn't see Michael die. Mm-hmm. Like it was just left it as a mystery. I think that would have been actually mm-hmm. a really good way to finish it off too. Yeah, and you, like did he actually yeah. die or is he actually alive? <laughs> yeah, you could said Laurie got her closure. Yeah. He might still be out there. You never know. Maybe in like five years, we will know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, with that, we have finished this movie going moment by moment, and it's time for us to give our ratings. Sam, you want to start with your rating for this movie? Yeah, I gave this movie a three and a half stars on Letterbox. Why? All right. Three and a half. So out of five, by the way, we should yes, mention. Correct. Yeah, this is out all of out of five. We're not doing it out of we five. We do our ratings out of five here. Um. Connor, what did you give this film? I gave it four stars. I really liked it. I'm a slut for this franchise. Um, <laughs> and sharks. And sharks. And, sh- <laughs> and, and sharks. And if you listen to last week's episode, apparently attic ladders as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm just oh, a slut. Oh, um, <laughs> no. That's a shirt. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a slut. Now I oh love God. this movie. Like that, I like the way they brought it back, the franchise back. Uh, I think, I think they handled like referencing the OG material very well. Not like mm-hmm. fucking nightmare where it's just like, hey, remember this scene that was so good? Watch us make it worse. Let's do it again. <laughs> 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 it's like that that scene in in uh Spon- in that SpongeBob episode where they're all superheroes mm-hmm. and Patrick's like you want to see me touch that rock? You want to see me do it no, again? SpongeBob sir, not Patrick. Oh shit. Yeah. Patrick could like he had the flexibility. He was he was Reed Richards. Oh yeah. Yeah. Damn. I look, it's been a while. You done right? fucked up, while. Aaron. <laughs> I did, you done I, fucked I did, up, I done, Aaron. I done did it. Um all right, well, moving yeah, on review? from that. Um, <laughs> what's your review? My, I gave this a four and a half out of five. Wow. Um, which, yeah, I, wow. I don't know. Like, I was, I've been like around three and a half, around that four star range. Like, it's a, this is a good movie, but really going through and analyzing it with a more critical mind instead of just watching for enjoyment. Like, I liked so much about this movie and i liked i didn't like very little about it and for me like the way i do my rating is on purely on an enjoyment scale so like the more i like a movie the better i'm gonna rate it regardless of you know 
how it rates against other films or you know because like i gave scream a four and a half out of five and to me i enjoyed halloween 2018 just as much as i like would you give the original the 1978 halloween um i'd have to look probably a four okay Hmm. i um I have, yeah, because I, I like the original better than this one, but I mean, yeah. again, this one was really still really good. So I yeah. gave the original like a four and a half, five. Um, I, I can tell you what I gave it. Like the original is yeah, uh, quite literally a classic. Yeah, well, the yeah, right. It's a master class. Uh, Halloween. I don't even know. Did I actually rate it on Letterbox? I don't even know. <laughs> if I were to give it a rating, it would be a of four so you like this one more yeah Mm -hmm. i did i i can't lie i did like this one more um so with that said that brings us to an average of a four which is our second highest ranking so far in our movie reviews uh just below scream which had a 4.2 and above fast times at ridgemont high which had a three and a half just as we all expected exactly right where it's supposed to be um so we have we have now come to the end of this month uh in this theme the halloween theme so before we move on and say goodbye we've got to do a little activity we've got to spin the wheel what's this now and the way this is gonna work (laughs) is uh we've got next month's theme uh which is comedy legends gonna give you a drum I, i talked about last week yeah, oh, okay. Drum roll, nice. please. You already spoiled it. Uh, <laughs> drum roll. Um, yeah, and so we're going to be looking at movies with comedy legends. So think your Ace Ventura's, your uh, like Uncle Buck's, Happy Gilmore. You know, those kind of film. Happy Gilmore. Like, yeah, where it's like this is a movie made by a comedy legend that stars them in that role, you know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so the way this is going to work is we're going to spin a wheel. We have a list of, I think, 17 movies that we've picked out. We're going to spin the wheel twice, and we're going to choose out of the two options that we get. All right? Sound Mm -hmm. good? Ready to spin? Spin that wheel, bitch. All right. Let's do it. First one we got is... Drum roll, please. It's Uncle Buck. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) Rigged. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I did, I didn't rig it. It almost landed on Joe Dirt. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. And next movie we've got is spinning. Another drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. All right, Tommy Boy, oh. Chris Farley. Oh. So we got to choose between Uncle Buck and Tommy Boy. I've seen I've seen one yeah, of these that's movies out. I'll tell you that. Damn. <laughs> Which one have you the seen? The one I reacted to. Tommy Boy. Oh, you've seen Tommy Boy? <laughs> I've seen Tommy Boy. <laughs> Dude, Uncle Buck is so good. I haven't seen Tommy Boy, but I want to. Uncle Buck is, I've seen, and it's really good. So is Tommy Boy. <laughs> Are you voting for Tommy Boy? You know what? No, I'm going to root vote for Uncle Buck because I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Aaron? Sam, what do you uh, want to vote um... for? I'm gonna go for Tommy Boy. Oh, f- god damn it! See, I, I said that because <laughs> oh, I thought that you'd be like, "Oh, well, I haven't seen Tommy Boy. Let I'll vote Tommy Boy." Yeah, I, 
I as much as I love Uncle Buck and I would love to do an episode on it, uh, let's do Tommy Boy. Screw it. All right. All right. Next week's episode, maybe we'll do a bonus episode this month where we do Uncle Buck because that's a great movie too. Yeah, it won't be the last time we talk Buck. Yeah. All right, Tommy Boy. Uh, that's our movie for next week. So tune in for that mm-hmm. one. Um, and with that said, I think we can finish out this episode here. Um, if you liked this episode, please, please, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Um, you know, give us a follow. All that kind of stuff really helps us out. Share it with your friends. You know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we work hard on it, um, and we really love what we do. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I also want to thank Josh Woodward for our awesome theme music, uh, Airplane Mode. Um, and you can follow us on all our socials, including Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok. We are most active on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us there for all sorts of uh, our thoughts on industry updates, along with updates on our episodes and all that kind of stuff. Um, we've got a new website, which I'm going to continue to plug there. Uh, we've started uh, posting some movie reviews uh, there as well, so you can check that out. Uh, we've got merch uh, on Redbubble, which will be linked, and you can also check out all our letterbox to keep updated on what we've been watching outside of our movie reviews. Huh. Woo! And with that said, my name's Aaron Souza, and I'm, I was joined today by Connor and Sam, and this has been the Filmbox Podcast. Later. I'm running away. Don't bother to Facebook message or call me. Cause I'm living life in airplane mode and everything is okay. I just want to play. Unplug for the day and live in the moment. Cause I'm living life in airplane mode. Yeah. Today's a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it'd be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest way and the best way to launch, promote, and track your podcasts. Your shows can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you, as well as getting you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and it helps support our show. We use Buzzsprout, and honestly, it's really great. Um, I, uh, I use it to track all of our, um, where we're, where we're being listed or we get our own website. It's really just a fantastic service and I would recommend it to anyone that's interested in starting a podcast. Spusprout helps you get your show listed on every major podcast platform. That takes one of the hardest steps in creating a podcast out of the equation for you. Thanks to Buzzsprout's help. And if you want to upgrade, Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. Plus it helps you navigate how to do things, how to market your show, how to make money off your show, how to do all sorts of stuff. It's all right there for you to use. Honestly, it's not hard when you have the right partners and Buzzsprout is absolutely one of the best partners you can have out there. They care about you. They're passionate about helping you succeed with your show. So if you're interested in signing up uh, 
for Buzzsprout. Use the link in uh, in the description of, of the show here. It'll, like we said, it'll get you twenty dollars Amazon gift card, and it helps. It supports us, and we appreciate it greatly. And now back to the show. Ooh. 